Welcome to Studio Berlin, our current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin. I'm your host, Sylvia Cunningham. On today's show, we are talking about the action Germany will take to help refugees on the Greek island of Lesbos, where a fire destroyed the overcrowded Moria camp there about two weeks ago. Chancellor Angela Merkel's governing coalition agreed to a plan that would bring in 1,500 additional refugees to Germany, mostly families with children. But many say that's not enough. This is the sound of people in Berlin chanting, we have space. Thousands gathered for demonstrations here last weekend and around the country to urge the German government to do more for the thousands of refugees living on the Greek islands. Others are saying that Germany should not go it alone on this, and it's time for other EU states to step up. Joining me on the phone to talk about all this is Joanna Kakissis, correspondent for NPR in Greece. Welcome, Joanna. Nice to be with you. Also with us is Florian Gatman, who is based here in Berlin for the German magazine Der Spiegel. Hello. Hi. So, Joanna, first starting with you, tell us what the situation is like on Lesbos about two weeks after the Camp uh, Moria burned down. So at this point, the government has uh, moved about 11,000 asylum seekers into a temporary tent city, which is near the shore. These tents uh, have been supplied by UNHCR. um, And uh, the Greek government is testing most of the refugees for coronavirus, and they have found at least 200 infected with COVID-19, although that number is probably going to rise as the results of the tests come in. The refugees who test positive for COVID-19 are then quarantined with their families somewhere else, somewhere, we're not even exactly sure, but somewhere away from this temporary tent city. Doctors Without Borders is concerned, though, that Greek authorities, they say Greek authorities are not testing children under 10. And that's a problem since something like 40% of the asylum seekers who were living in Moria are, are children. The temporary camp uh, is closed, which means that the asylum seekers can't leave it. And Greece has limited who can come into the camp, like only a few journalists have been allowed in, and they have been told not to speak to the refugees. Greek authorities trail them where they go. Refugee advocates say the tent city is is substandard. They, They say, well, you know, it's got limited access to toilets, to running water, to food, some of the same problems that we saw in Moria. Uh, And they say the camp is also built on mud that's going to be washed away at the first sign of a bad storm and, you know, falls among us so there will be rain. And Greek authorities have also said they're going to build a permanent camp uh, on Lesbos that's going to be closed, which means refugees must stay inside this camp at all times. Florian, here in Germany, there was a lot of back and forth. Um, German Interior Minister Seehofer first talked about taking in a maximum of 150 refugees. The Christian Democrats' governing partner, the Social Democratic Party, pushed for more. They agreed to an additional 1,500. How difficult was it here in Germany to reach this compromise? It it definitely was difficult, but uh, it was, on the other hand, also surprising, acknowledging the difficulty of such a compromise on a topic like that, how quick they achieved this compromise and kind of how easy um, it was achieved. There was no separate gathering. Uh, In the end, it was just a couple of phone calls. Basically, within two days from Monday, when the SPD said we need many more than what Interior Minister uh, Seehofer wanted, until Wednesday, when the compromise was achieved, this was done. Joanna, how is the Greek government reacting to Germany's decision? 
Greece is is welcoming this move by Germany. They say, you know, the Greek authorities are saying that the Germans are doing what, you know, other other EU member states should be doing, which is taking in uh, refugees to take the burden off frontline states like Greece. Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis has says, you know, has said repeatedly that Greece has borne the brunt of the refugee crisis, and the Prime Minister before him, Alexis Tsipras, said the same thing. You know, the problem is uh, Germany is very, has been very generous, but overall with the EU, the problem has always been, you know, the Central European countries like Hungary and Poland who don't want any refugees at all, and the Greeks have also noticed that they that other countries have to sort of be strong armed into taking refugees, but they see the Germans as as being um, the most generous. I, I think they'd like to see the Germans take more, but at this point, they're just happy that the Germans have taken as many refugees as they have. If I if I can add one thing from our perspective and from the re- reporting of my colleagues, um, also for the current edition of Der Spiegel. The interesting thing is, um, I mean, the Greek government has always been a part of the, the talks about what, what Germany could do and how many they could uh, receive. From what we have gotten to know, it was an important point for the Greek government that Germany does only receive this specific group of people, which is, in the end, around 400 families with kids who already have some asylum status because apparently what the Greek government doesn't want is that the Germans, you know, generally receive a lot more of refugees, which from the Greek perspective would kind of have the consequence of a pull effect, which would mean (laughs) that in the same moment that Germany receives so many more refugees in general, so many more refugees in general, for example, from Turkey would come over to Greece. So that's an important point that uh, that Florian made, that um, if you take too many, and, and Germany is the still the destination country for most migrants, you don't want to be seen as, oh, we'll take them all, uh, no problem, because then Greece is afraid that even more refugees will come. And Joanna, what do we actually know so far about the cause of the fire that burned down Moria? The Greeks have arrested at least four Afghans. Two of them are teenagers, and they, they're asylum seekers. They've applied for asylum um, and had been at the camp for a long time. And uh, what they've said is that, you know, they should be punished for doing this, and, and refugees should not be encouraged to destroy the camps, even if the camps are horrific. You don't want to be seen as not being in control of the migration situation. Uh, what's happening, for example, on Samos, so we're also fires there. There are concerns that uh, Moria is going to be some some sort of example for other migrants on these island camps who are living in similarly horrific conditions. It's not just Moria that was a badly run camp. It's, you know, Samos, Chios, um, other islands also have horrible camps. So the, the government is monitoring that situation really closely and is saying if you're at all involved in encouraging arson, um, you're going to get deported. And it's very likely that these four who have been arrested will be deported as well if they're not thrown in jail. And But even Greece's prime minister who condemned the fire said that this could become an opportunity to deliver better conditions and a new reality in Lesbos. And 
This is all, of course, with the backdrop of the pandemic. You mentioned people were being tested, but we know the the things, the, the weapons we have to fight the coronavirus, social distancing, washing hands, hygiene protocol. Can you paint a picture of how difficult that is in these spaces? Yeah, that's it's nearly impossible, especially when you don't have access to um, running water and soap. I mean, Moria had uh, very little access to, you know, people weren't able to wash their hands. I, I spoke to a man who ran sort of a coronavirus action team, and they, they tried very hard to, you know, they were basically begging Greek authorities, can we at least have hand sanitizer? Because we can't even get soap and water here. There's just not, a, we have to wait in line to wash our hands. And, and in this new temporary camp, you know, the tents are very close together. Uh, there's, again, a problem with access to uh, hygiene products to, and to water. Um, and so how are you going to prevent an outbreak from happening if you're still not in, you know, creating the conditions to make that happen? And yes, the prime minister has said that this is an opportunity to create something better than Moria. But uh, you know, what, what the Greek government is planning to build is a closed camp that no one can monitor, that NGOs will have limited access to, like, you know, people like Doctors Without Borders, um, or that journalists won't be able to easily access. So we won't know what's happening inside these centers because the government wants to close them off almost completely. Florian, coming back to you, um, when we look at the response in Germany, there's been the one side that says, oh, we don't want to take in any refugees. There's the other side where we saw demonstrations this weekend, the Greens, the left party who say 1,500 is basically a slap in the face. That's nothing. There's the idea of cities who want to um, create safe harbors and say that more people can come in. What happens from here with all of that? How would that work? It doesn't work at all (laughs) because... um... As you said, there are cities, also um, German states, who say we would receive more uh, refugees. We would um, even uh, provide the costs. But um, they can't because it's a decision of the federal government to receive and to define the the number of how many refugees you want to receive. That's kind of a dead end. And I think it's also sort of, competition of how morally good we want to be. And I mean, it's basically uh, governments who are touring, who are even led by a politician from the leftist party, or like Berlin, who um, have a government where the uh, leftist party is part of the government. But um, for, for the moment, nothing is going to happen there. Joanna, do you see a chance that, okay, if if we can't do things on the city-state level in Germany, if it's only the federal response, do you see a chance that the European Union will figure out a common approach to policies here? I'm not sure the European Union is going to come up with something that satisfies both international law and the central European populists. I know that there's been a lot of, we won't have another Moria, we're, we're going to move forward, but I'm not particularly confident that Brussels is going to be able to pull through. You say there's a sentiment, we won't have another Moria. It seems like there was also a sentiment on the German side of, we won't have another 2015-2016. And we recently marked five years since Chancellor Angela Merkel gave her famous Wir schaffen das, or we can do it speech, to energize the German population to open their borders and take in refugees. You know, back then it was more than one million people who came in. Again, these numbers are nowhere comparable that we're talking about. But Florian, do you think that this has served as some type of backdrop to the recent decision and why Germany is really urging its uh, EU partners to get on board? 
I think that 2015 uh, always plays a, a, a important role in any of those discussions in Germany. And um, even as you as you mentioned, I think uh, this year we are going to have less than 100,000 refugees that Germany receives, right? Which is one tenth of what Germany received in 2015. So the numbers are not at all comparable, but it, it is some kind of national trauma, it's not so much because of what happened back then in terms of the numbers, but because of what happened with the, the discourse in that country and with the, you know, the emergence of the uh, right party AFD and the you know, success, especially in some Eastern German states. And that is why... In the end, I think, ironically, this experience led even the Christian Democrats and the CSU, you know, to this quick compromise because they just wanted to end this discussion as, as quick as possible. Because the fear is that there's still so much potential that this discussion can, you know, totally go up in flames again. And that, that's why they were so eager to reach this compromise and, you know, to get on to the next political topic. Um, whereas we all know, you know, this discussion is not over at all. And, you know, as my colleague just mentioned, the solution um, within the EU is so far away. You know, you have to be pretty pessimistic about it. Well, thank you both for joining me. Uh, Joanna Kakissis is a correspondent for NPR in Greece, and Florian Gottmann is based here in Berlin for the German magazine Der Spiegel. Glad to be here. You're welcome. We're taking a short break. When we come back, we hear what politicians from three of Germany's opposition parties have to say. Stay with us. Hey, you. You've been hearing and reading the news all day. So what are you getting out of it? Are you smarter, more informed, better prepared for your dinner party later tonight? Well, the takeaway has you covered. We ask the tough questions, we hold lawmakers accountable, and if something just doesn't seem right, we ask, how did we get here? It's The Takeaway with me, Tanzina Vega. Tune in to The Takeaway weeknights at 6 on 104.1 KCRW Berlin. I'm Marco Werman. Each day, we give you the world. We don't want people driving into the center of London. The world is curious. It's a total chaos in Venezuela right now. The world is surprising. The Australian government is completely clueless. The world is unexpected. The Japanese really have made history today. The world is right here. Join us. Tune in to The World, Tuesday through Saturday at 9 a.m. on KCRW Berlin. Welcome back to Studio Berlin. We're talking today about what Germany is doing to help refugees on the Greek islands. As we heard in the first half of the show, the events of 2015 and 2016 loom large over this discussion. Chancellor Angela Merkel's decision to welcome more than a million refugees into Germany resulted in a seismic shift in the country's political landscape. While the move was celebrated on one end of the political spectrum, it was sharply criticized on the other— leading to the rise of the far-right and anti-immigration party, the Alternative for Germany. The AFD entered the German parliament, the Bundestag, for the first time in 2017, becoming its third-largest party. We spoke with politicians from three of Germany's opposition parties about the government's plan to aid Greece. 
First, we go to an excerpt from my conversation with AFD politician and member of the EU parliament, Nicolas Fest. This past weekend, we saw these demonstrations where people were saying, wir haben Platz, we have space. And there's this concept of safe harbors, cities that want to take in more people. So what do you say to that, that German cities want to do more and that there should be an EU solution? There is no EU solution. Um, This is a solo effort by Germany. No other European country wants to follow Germany on its path. And for good reason, because they all know these people are not skilled workers or so. They are mostly illiterate and the taxpayer has to pay for them uh, for good. And um, when it comes to uh, we have more space or we have enough space, yes, this is uh, coming from uh, Berlin. Uh, Berlin, who can hardly house the, the German people in living in Berlin and who has disastrous shortage of apartments. And they say we have more space, and that applies to many other German cities as well. So, I mean, the same people who, from the political left, who always complain about that there is such a, a huge shortage in, in apartments, I mean, how, how does this fit together? Have you um, been to the Moria camp in Greece? No. And would you? This this is no question. This is not a a spot one wants to live in. But this is not a European problem. I mean, why should the European community solve African problems? And why should everyone who, who, who set his own camp on fire have access to Europe? Why? I mean, this is really ridiculous. And this arson was staged. But if arson, it's, can't be, arson can't be a ticket to Europe. But if it were a few people who, who did this, I mean, that doesn't really speak for the thousands and thousands of other people who are living in these squalid, desperate conditions. And before you ask the question, why would Germany help? And other people are asking the question, how can we not? I mean, if these, like the Greens, politicians from Die Linke, you know, they might say if these problems are, you know, knocking on our doors and Germany has the resources, how do you not answer? We don't have the resources. Who is saying that we don't? Do you, have you ever talked to elderly people who can uh, scarcely make a living, you know, living on a pension of 450 euros per month? They can't make a living. And we are saying, oh, we have the, I mean, if the Greens have the resources, then it's fine. I mean, I, I really uh, ask every member of the Green or Socialist or Left Party to, um, to house one of those uh, migrants, you know, in their own apartment and pay for them, you know, um, out of their own pocket. That is fine. That is actually charity in the Christian way. Charity in a Christian way is not um, letting uh, other people pay for one of the things is right, but um, pay, for, pay for yourself. If they do this, I'm you know, very happy with it. But saying uh, we got the resources, obviously those people haven't uh, checked uh, our budget. According to our budget, uh, we don't have the resources. That was AFD politician and EU parliament member Nicolas Fest. I also spoke with Die Linke's former leader, Gregor Gysi. He's now the foreign policy speaker for the left party in the German parliament, the Bundestag. He joined me as he was traveling in Greece to visit Moria and meet with authorities. I asked him what he thought of the German government's plan to take in 1,500 additional refugees. It's a nice gesture, but it's not enough. There are well over 20,000 refugees in Greece, and it's not economically the strongest country. During the crisis, Greece was forced to reduce its investments, and now the country is simply overburdened and clearly needs more help. 
What measures are your party, the left party, proposing? Also, ich habe ja natürlich mit den Griechen gesprochen, weil man ja auch berücksichtigen muss, was sie wollen. Well, of course, I talked with the Greek authorities because you have to consider what they want. And one priority is to cut down how long it takes to process people's applications for refugee status. It should take about six months, not two to three years. And they asked for the EU's help to do this, but neither Germany nor France stepped up. Greece doesn't want the EU to simply run the camps there, but they do want parts of the camp to be taken over. And then there's another issue. When Greece recognizes a refugee as having asylum, that person doesn't then have a job. And in Germany, there are all these cities that have agreed to take in refugees. And I don't understand why Mr. Seehofer rejects that. If the municipalities are willing, and they also have jobs for the refugees, then those places wouldn't be burdened at all. The municipalities have volunteered. That would be a first step, especially after the fire catastrophe. We spoke with an AFD politician earlier in the show, and he said that Germany does not have the resources to bring in more refugees. What do you say to that? Then send him my regards. In Lebanon, there are 164 refugees per 1,000 inhabitants. In Germany, there are just 12 refugees per 1,000 inhabitants. And if he thinks that Germany is weaker than Lebanon, that's something he needs to explain. That was Gregor Gysi, foreign policy speaker for Germany's left party. We'll go now to my interview with Luisa Amstberg. She's part of the Green Party in the Bundestag and is a deputy member of the Commission on Human Rights and Humanitarian Aid. I asked her what the Greens propose Germany do. Right now, it's all about getting emergency aid to the people who became homeless after the fire on the island of Lesbos. But then, of course, the central question is, how do we reposition European asylum policy going forward? And it's important to us that we find a permanent solution, which does not lead to us renegotiating every week, but instead makes it so we have a distribution or quota system, one where we accept refugees across the European Union long term. If the EU member states can't settle on a common European approach, why do you think it's important that Germany nevertheless help Greece and take in refugees? We have always said that the German government must set a good example to motivate other EU countries to join in. In the past, Germany has also not always kept its promises. In this regard, precisely because Germany has taken over the presidency of the EU Council, we must set a good example by setting generous quotas, although the quotas are still very small. And have you yourself been to Moria? I've traveled regularly to the Greek islands since 2015. I know Lesbos and Moria from various trips and also through various stages of European refugee policy. And I've seen that the people are getting help from the NGOs rather than through the political players. And that is quite a testimony to Europe's shortcomings. That was Luisa Amstberg from Germany's Green Party. As you heard Amspeg say, it's often the NGOs and nonprofits that are the first line of aid for refugees. So we'll hear now from one such organization, Vir Pakinzan, which roughly in English means we get it done. This Brandenburg-based nonprofit started this year and collects donations like winter clothes, sleeping bags and tents to send to refugees in Greek camps. And Miriam Tutu joins me from Vir Pakinzan now. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. What do you think about the German response to the burned-down camp Moria in Greece? 
Well, I think we have to differentiate between the German government and German civil society. And I think German civil society actually responded brilliantly. There was a very fast response, collecting money, donating money, sending aid from many different German organizations like our own. Um, we started collecting money, collecting funds last week, and within a week we were able to collect 20,000 euro which are now being brought directly to the people from Moria. So I think German civil society did very well in their response. Uh, the German government, not so good, because they are not willing to take in the people from Moria, not even those 30,000 who have been living on the streets. Um, never mind the other 10,000 people um, spread on the other Greek islands who live in similar conditions to what Moria was like before the fire. So I think um, German government really has to do a lot more than what they've been doing so far. You mentioned getting a lot of support, donations, and also the strength of German civil society. But in your state of Brandenburg, the far-right AFD, which is staunchly anti-immigration, is the second largest party there. What has been your experience firsthand? Well, where, where we uh, are based as an NGO is to the east of Brandenburg. So um, the region where we are based, there is a 30% vote for AfD, which is one of the largest all over Germany. But never mind that, we have had huge support from the people on the ground, huge support. We had, didn't have any problems so far. We only got support and encouragement and people who helped us, who brought us their donations people who worked together with us, who went to demonstrations with us, who signed petitions together with us. So I think if we, or even the German government, if we tailor-make our politics so that AfD people won't be annoyed, this is no humane politics. These are no humane politics. They are, they are no longer based on European values. So if we want to stick to our values and not sell them to the AfD... We shouldn't listen to their arguments. And um, the argument that we don't have the resources in Germany, there are a hundred over 170 cities and towns and um, communities in Germany who have declared, voluntarily declared, they would be happy to take in refugees from the Greek islands. They would really be really happy to do so. So... I heard the number that um, those 170 communities would be able to take in 30, roughly 30,000 refugees. There are 23,000 refugees currently in the camps on the Greek islands. So this shouldn't be a problem at all. You mentioned uh, safe harbors. And although there are these cities that say they want to take refugees in, action ultimately still needs to come from the federal level and cities can't go it alone. So is the idea of the protests um, that, for example, you took part in last weekend to pressure the government to reconsider? Yes, definitely. It's definitely trying to convince, to pressure, to to show them that there actually is a majority in Germany who is in favor of taking in these refugees. There was a poll, I think, on Saturday or on Friday, there was a Germany-wide poll where 87% of the people asked were in favour of taking in the refugees, taking in the poor people from Moria. So there is a majority in Germany, and of course that is exactly what we want to show the German government, the federal government. You really need to do something. Miriam Tutte is from the non-profit Vir Pakinzan. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much for having me. And that's our show today. 
Be sure to subscribe to Studio Berlin on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sylvia Cunningham. Have a good week.